0: Thought provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town
1: on News Talk 1290 CJBK.
2: Just left, right, and center. Let me read something quickly before we start. It's a hi, Jim. I usually call in, but today I'm so sad and discouraged I'm afraid I might cry. I'm a mother of five children. I stay at home. My husband works to provide for our family. We've always been active voters and tried to make a difference. Uh, However, it's getting very hard to keep swimming upstream. I can't believe Ontario voters could have been so gullible, and now because of their stupidity we all have to suffer, etc., etc. And she talks about that sort of thing. But then she goes on to say, um, we already make many, many sacrifices in order to have a large family in today's society, and now I'm not sure where else we can cut back in order to afford all the tax increases and user fees. It seems we're being punished for trying to do what's right. We don't smoke, drink, gamble. We're all healthy and not overweight. We go to church weekly and try so hard to give the best we can to our children. We live in a small East End home. We don't have cable TV. We have one vehicle, and I shop at no-frills discount and thrift stores. What else can I do? I just want to cry. I feel defeated. She also says, "But I can't give up," and so then she's going to hang in there. But it, this email and a number of calls earlier today, and the discussion with Jen this morning got me thinking about a topic for us on Left, Right, and Center. And Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer are here today. Welcome to both of you. Morning, Jim. um and young Jennifer said it this morning too. She said, "I'm, I've, I've just, I'm fed up. I've had it. I'm never going to vote again." No, I don't. That that's the case. I think she'll stay involved in politics, and I don't even really want to talk about what the liberals did or didn't do yesterday, other than to. They did exactly uh, what they said. Well, I, yeah, and I don't have any argument with that. <laughs> but but the rea- the reality is the reality is that there are a lot of disappointed people today. A lot of disappointed people, and people who are saying we had a couple callers too. Say, I'm just fed up. I'm going to walk away from this. I want to talk a little bit with you guys, particularly because you're both very keen political minds. What happens if if that does happen? If people continue, as they have over the last number of years, continue to turn away from the political process because they feel that they've been lied to and cheated, and by whatever party, the party really doesn't matter. This, this seems to be a growing sense in the country that the average voter doesn't have much of a say, even at election time when we we think that our vote counts and then uh, the politicians disappoint us. Uh, I'm worried for the future of this is quite seriously worried about this trend, and I want to ask both you guys about it. And G- Jeff, I'd ask you first, do you think this is, uh, is this going to deepen the trend any, and is it a troublesome trend, is it, is it, is it a trend that troubles you?
3: Well, I don't know. You know, it's hard to tell from my perspective whether it's even a trend, in the sense that I guess the main way of judging discontent is uh, is voting rates, uh, the number of people that uh, take the time to come out and vote. And you know, over the years, it goes up in some elections and down in other elections. I think that it you tend to have a higher voting turnout if there, if there are issues that uh, you know are really, uh, uh, imp- I would just say, really upsetting to people. Probably more than anything else, that gets people out but i don't know that there was a time that uh, you know that we were you know philosophers in ontario and that we were well informed about politics and that we would come out and, and participate in our franchise our right to vote there was no golden age yeah i don't know that's uh, exactly so so you know i uh, as far as whether or not uh, whether it is going to get worse. I, I don't really see that happening either, but I sure wish it would get better. You know, I wish that people would take the time to become well informed and that they would go out and make a careful vote. And I wish that they would vote for people who genuinely are talented and capable rather than entertaining or, you know, kind of uh, fun to have around. Uh, you know, we end up with the government we deserve. Bob? Jim, I'm at the point where I'm not going
0: to vote anymore again on the federal scene, at least. We've just had a gag law upholded yesterday, mm-hmm. which, which they say is going to you know, make the playing field even when it does exactly the opposite. The reason that politicians don't care about dwindling voting numbers is because they have now guaranteed themselves an in- income. When they got rid of corporate contributions to the political parties, this is the first election, by the way, every, te- every person who votes will now cost the taxpayer a dollar and a quarter per year. And who gets the money? It goes to the political party that gets the vote, if they meet a certain low level. Yeah. In other words, they, the corporations now have us, the taxpayers, funding their parties for them.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: that's who runs the party. Conservative, liberal, NDP is a union issue, but it's the same thing. Organized interests. And they will do anything to pass laws to prevent anyone else's interests from interfering with theirs. That's how this country is run this is not a country about freedom and democracy this is a country about interests and status and and robbing Peter to pay Paul but is any is... and as long as we think that way we are doomed as a nation our future I'm not predicting a huge 9/11 event or anything like mm-hmm. that but we'll see some of them
1: mm-hmm.
0: what we will really see is a gradual deterioration of our lifestyle we were once number two I forget where we are on the scale now it's going to keep going down although other countries might be racing us to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then we'll Proudly say, "Yeah, you see, we're better than Turkistan or something." Well, like one that, of our
2: right? one of our callers in the last <laughs> half hour said, "How am I, a 22-year-old guy?" Said, "How am I? What am I supposed to make of my life now?" And and this uh, Alana, who sent us the email saying much the same thing. What am I supposed to do? When we well, have that's people really surprises, I have that to admit, you know, I think that uh, the fact you're
3: going to pay an extra uh, three to six hundred dollars a year for a health premium is the biggest problem in your life.
2: I think holy oh, cats! No, yeah, but, uh, that, but that causes but you to no, get, no, That's right, the no. tipping point that causes you to give up but hope that for your wasn't, life. No, that. Well, that wasn't the issue this morning, though. Yeah. That really was, it was mentioned by some people, but it was more this, this sense of, of disenfranchisement, that that they thought they were voting for one thing and got something else. And well, now that's good. I don't, I don't I really hate get to say, that Jim, either, but I, I blame that on plain stupidity. Well, and I don't okay. disagree with that. I said this morning, my plain first stupidity. comment
0: was, what did you expect? Any individual who believes you can get something for nothing, and that's 90% of the voters, because they vote for, for parties that offer them something for nothing, mm-hmm. is a moron. Come on. Come on! Wake up! Respect. Well, uh, the voters. I'm, this is a democracy. It's time, not, it's time to get rid of the respect. I'm sorry. Uh, this thinking is destroying the country. The idea that you can make somebody else pay for your education, somebody else pay for your health care, somebody else pay for welfare, somebody else, somebody else, anybody but you, and it's always you at the bottom of the heap because when the government gets into it, you're the somebody else to somebody else. <laughs> Bob, you're, you're never right? getting
3: elected with the same things well, like that. <laughs> <that's> precisely.
0: <laughs> and not only that... The message I have is being actively um, legislated against by the governments in place. They're changing the registration process of the federal registration right in the middle of our registration. Mm -hmm. After they falsely led us to believe, Freedom Party of Canada, we're running for 2008, not Mm -hmm. this election, Mm -hmm. uh, that the process we had already entered into was safe and we could take our time. And then they pull the carpet out from under you. They change the rules every couple of months. In other words, there are no rules. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to start breaking the rules. Or, or break the law. Mm-hmm. I'm in a position to do so because they can't sue me. I don't own anything. So I might end up in jail just for the privilege of speaking during an election and spending my own money. Well, and so that's where we're it? at in this country today. I thought it was and then uh, the, think... out comes this guy from Democracy Watch, Aaron Freeman, who supports the gag law claiming it is a limitation
3: on freedom of expression, but only for rich people. Well, the gag, gag, the gag law is a great idea, no question about that. But uh, as far it's as a whether great there are idea. rules, we have a golden rule, and that is the people who have the gold make the rules. They entrench their power, and that's one of the ways they're doing it. Look like at the United States where the they don't have a gag law. law, the law. The in the United States where we don't have a gag law, try and start a freedom party in the United States. If you're not a Republican or a Democrat, you can forget it.
2: We well, try to try and try and start a freedom party in Canada. Though, where's the party yeah. going to go under this new legislation?
3: Well, it can't go anywhere until. Well, except that your party actually this forcing, doesn't apply to you at all.
0: They're forcing our officers now of any new party that is per, that is created to conform to what they are, and we have to sign legal statements saying that our party will run under the principles of the Liberal Conservative NDP, <laughs> and that's not why I'm here. Well, that's not the gang I'm law. I'm here. Though. You're right. You know, they're making it hard for people to be alternatives. And the the other thing is that. You know, there should be no Elections Canada or Elections Ontario. People think these things have been with us since the beginning of voting. Elections Ontario was created in 1984. At that time, the the rationalization was it was in response to Watergate to prevent dishonesty and burglaries and stuff. I don't know how that fit into anything, but that's what we were told at the workshops. And then they start giving you tax credits. Basically, taxpayers are forced to subsidize political parties. That has to stop. Until that alone stops, nothing's going to change. But and, w- and again, you look. When was our golden age? I look at
3: started. Maurice Duplessis. You know, he knew how to how to rig a vote. I mean, it wasn't that there was a time when we didn't well, have problems to yourself, with voting, Jeff. That just speaks to the to the whole problem with the whole system. No, but I'd say this is a lot better than that. We we have a lot less vote rigging than
2: we did in those days. Well,
0: that may be, but we have a lot less freedom to even access the vote.
2: If now. we have, yes. if we, well, have, if we have, if we have, if so vote rigging just, if vote uh, rigging is not a problem, then what do we need the gag law for?
3: Oh, the gag law is not, not about rigging votes. Rig- By rigging votes, I mean people who are voting three or four times. You mm-hmm. know, and that used to be quite common. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as the gag law, I think what they see is the United States now where, again... You've got, and, and, and ironically, the people who are benefiting most from it in the states right now are the uh, Democrats, uh, that uh, from the soft money, and mm-hmm. that is that uh, there's a limit on how much you can spend as a candidate, but your buddy next door, uh, who's a billionaire, can spend as much as he wants to say you're a great guy mm-hmm. because it's not your spending. But so that's it's a way to get around. But those traditionally, that
2: hasn't happened in this country. Has no, it? So that's true. No, you're right. I mean, why why are we legislating against an evil we don't have? This is the most fundamental of all our free speeches.
0: Is is the right. To spend your money with the, whomever you want to spread your message at any time of the year, period. We have laws all over this country. Why do you suppose a
3: political party doesn't want somebody else to say something during an election? The neat thing because for me is that the people them. who are bringing it in the are the ones will who will out. hurt the most. The people who would benefit the most from having free spending is the liberals because they always have the most. And yet they're the ones bringing in the law but to say, still stop me before I spend again. Ah,
2: but they're still going to have the most yeah. under the new legislation. But they can't spend it, though. That's the thing. Well, they're going to get... My understanding is they're going to get more money than anybody else. Are they not, Bob? What is this? Listen, they don't want another
0: Deborah Gray to come up on the scene because that's how new political parties get into the scene. But, you know, either you play by their rules and be registered under their mandate or you have to be an outside party. And we've been investigating the possibility of being an unregistered political party. They don't like that at all Mm -hmm. because there's no limits on us then. But then they try to put the limits on on where we can spend our money. And they say we can't, right? So what's the point of being there? But the point is, this gag law, for example, limits the amount of money you can spend in a riding to 3,000 bucks. I can't even mail to half of a riding for $3,000, let alone do advertising or anything else. And the way a lot of a lot of new movements get started is they put one candidate in a riding and they put $100,000 in there.
2: They put all their eggs in the one basket what you're going to have to look at. This is what the, you know, that's Mr. how you get your foot in the door. Mr. Justice Bastarache or Bastarache whatever his name mm-hmm. is, didn't he sort of make the point that this is going to empower new technologies and whatnot because the, this, the, the internet. internet will not be fall under right. this, for example, and that sort of thing? Well, the internet
0: well, will, will become subject to these same rules as um, Gus Nichols of the NCC pointed out as soon as it becomes as effective a means of, of communication as advertising it. Well, as soon as that happens, you watch. The gag laws will go on the internet. How will they do Already, How will they enforce go- it? Oh, we're wondering that ourselves. Election Ontario is already saying that on uh, the day prior to election, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, political parties can't change anything on their website. I mean, what an insane, nonsensical, childish, juvenile, idiotic thing. It's just like, you know, and they put up the gag words, you can't advertise the day before the election or on the election. They do not want any information about
3: themselves spread, period. But fundamentally, okay. again, what I can't get away from is that the guys bringing in the law are the ones They're who benefit the it. most by not having a law like that, which is a cool thing to me. You know I think that the wh- 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 whatever but they're but doing yeah, it maybe Jeff, Martin wouldn't have done it. President did do it cuz he was walking out the door and didn't care.
2: But it's I, I don't I don't think with, with the greatest respect to yeah, I don't think what you're saying is true. I think the liberals still benefit the most under this new law. They are the they are the party in power. They they gathered the most votes. They get the most credits or whatever the system is that they're going to work out so they they can line up at the public trough. So even though the, the overall spending limits may be lower than they were and even though it may prevent some unknown person from coming forward with tons of dough which has never happened in the history of the country that I'm aware of even though that might happen they're still the big winners so I don't know how you can yeah. suggest that some somehow they've they've done it to themselves they're still on top of the heap to me
3: well yeah that's right and I start off by saying the golden rule and that's quite true that if you're in power you try to entrench your power having said that again to me this isn't the smartest way to do it because again the liberals generally have so much money in these elections than the, than the tories have and, and certainly the NDP but again, this is not going to help them. I don't think. Well, you're except, right. They're going to get slightly that, more money. Except that, that they now, plot. except
2: that they now control the whole system, and we don't have the average Canadian has no say in it anymore.
3: No. What do you mean they control it?
2: Well, the, the, the in terms of funding, if I want to give money, if I want to go out and, and speak on behalf of a candidate, and so on, there are going to be constraints placed on me that weren't there before.
3: Well, I'm not How- speaking, spending. If you want to spend on behalf of a candidate, that's true. And, again, I think they just looked at what's happened in the United States and just gone, we don't want to go down that road. It's too expensive. We
2: have to pause for a second. When we come back, we're going to get away from this because I know this is getting a little uh, little, uh, technical here for some of our listeners. We're going to come back to some of the realities. And stay with us. Left, right, and center continues. London's Talk of the Town with Jim Chapman. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer with us for a special edition of uh, Left, Right, and Center. The boys are going to stay until uh, 1130 today because we've got a lot to talk about. So if you want to join the conversation, please do feel free. 643-1290 is the telephone number. Now, we sort of got off, not got off, we talked about the gag law and whatnot. I want to come back to this issue of of disenchantment, voter disenchantment and disenfranchisement. Jim, you asked, you you
0: were just talking about that during the break. and, And you asked, you know, philosophy aside, why don't they see the problems? Uh, about health care. Right. Yes. And Well, that's because they put their philosophy aside. Every one of the parties is operating on this philosophy, from each according to his ability to each according to his needs. I quoted that earlier today. Okay. Who said that originally? That was Karl Marx. Yes. Okay. Now, all of the parties are Marxist, and that includes the conservatives. They all believe in that philosophy. And then they put it aside and say, well, okay, from here on, and everything will work fine if our intentions are good. You can't steal. You know, we, here we are, suppose a Judeo-Christian society, and we don't even practice one commandment of the Ten Commandments. Well, and the basic one, thou
2: yeah. shalt not steal. You're talking as a society.
0: Well, yes. we, we our, our commandment is thou shalt not steal unless a democratic majority approves. That's mm-hmm. the way we operate. And when we think, then we think that makes the morality different in the case. You know, if a group of people get together to steal from a small group of people, or just one person does it, it's the same moral action. And the problem that people don't realize with government is government is an instrument of self-defense. It's a gun, really. That's what it's there for. It's supposed to be our our system of justice. It is supposed to prevent coercion in society, not create it and cause it, which is what it's doing. Every time you spend a a, a cent on socialized health care, you're forcing a coercive society. And people become uh, they start believing everything is theirs by right. And then they start acting like a bunch of criminals and thieves, and they can't even think straight anymore. And that's what happens to all the societies. We look at the other parts of the world and we scratch our heads and we go, what's wrong with these people, right? Well, they all believe this same thing, this one philosophical point. Karl Marx did more damage to the world than all the nuclear bombs going off possibly we could possibly do. And it'll lead to nuclear bombs one of
3: these days. Well, Karl did we not need the capitalist society. of that's, they had that's the answer that to all around. problems. Well, that's true. Certainly, if Microsoft ran everything, we'd have a heaven on earth because they sure do a good job you of making see, my operating
0: system work. <laughs> you see, Jeff thinks that capitalism means big business, and it does. Well,
3: it seems to. That's no, what it's led to in my life. Business lifetime. and
0: capital capitalism is a philosophy. Big business occurs under socialism. It occurs under fascism. It occurs under all sorts of isms.
3: Well, Bill, Bill Gates okay. has not gotten rich under socialism. He's rich is under a capitalism. System. It
0: means private property. It means that what you earn, you keep. It means nice. that you cannot coerce against someone.
3: It means that so you the use total the power you have of every and the more other power you have, the more the more you can exert. And if ultimately it's it means that the person is who's is the most powerful money. ends it's up with all the influence. marbles. The people who aren't as powerful end up with nothing. I, I understand. Jeff, all no one that. has a right to use that. coercion, regardless but of but how much power As far as politics goes, uh, you know, I have to admit that, among other things, uh, with Jeff, parties, i you're start, avoiding the issue. I thought we were talking about uh, disenchantment with politics. No, we're not, today. Jeff. We're talking about the proper use of force. We have to get a ruling from our from our <laughs> leader. Here. I think.
0: I think we've you and been, been down that road so many times. We, we have never been ever that. want
3: to deal with I've the issue. I've always right? answered it. You're more fully and by the way, evasion. I don't think Jesus would agree with you that we're all supposed to just be self-interested. That's not the way that I was taught the Bible, anyway. But that's an aside. We're talking well, about voter no. disenchantment. Wait a uh, minute.
2: You sure you want to go down that path? Of course. Yeah, well, we could sure you want to go down, down the Bible route. path?
3: Golden rule. That's where I'm from, man. Well, mm-hmm. the golden rule doesn't you say rob Jesus, Jesus, Jesus to pay Jesus Paul. Jesus was a lefty or whether Jesus was a righty. I would say he wasn't a, a, a raging it's capitalist. Tell me where in any of the golden rules <laughs> or
0: anything Jesus Christ said that Rome should rob
2: the people. Where I come or, from
3: is that you should love your brother, you should treat them as yourself, you should try and help people out. That's where how well, I live. So who's
2: talking about that? That's you know, the way I was you, raised. You know something? You're absolutely right, Jeff. You're absolutely right. But there's an important semantic issue here because the phrase is you should. Not you must, but you should. Well, that's right, and I will. I choose but isn't there a great difference? Here what about someone between, who But again, you've you. elected a, right a government who are doing it. As
3: you said earlier, you know governments are not dictatorships. We elect them. We choose to, and we know exactly what they're going to do when we vote for them. And well, they most of and do the, it.
2: most of us. Have, well, apparently this morning, apparently many Ontarians didn't know what they were voting for. Well, then, I'm again, not saying I, they shouldn't I, I, have. I, I echo I Bob's comments
3: with respect to that. They should have known. So again, you know, it's not that we're shocked and surprised. These are the people we want to run things, and they're running them the, the way we expect them to. Folks, we
2: have to pause. We've got news and weather coming up. Some important messages. Bob and Jeff are going to stay a little longer today, because uh, this is an important day in Ontario, I think. An important day in many ways for for Canada, for the history, or the future of Canada, rather. Excuse me. Particularly the political future. Easy for you to say. Oh, apparently not. Uh, So Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer will stay with us for an extended version of Left, Right, and Center. We hope you'll stay with us, too, back after this.
1: This is Talk
4: of
0: the Town on News Talk 1290, CJBK, where interesting people talk and London listens.
2: This is News Talk 1290, CJBK, Jim Chapman, Bob Metz, and Jeff Schlemmer staying a little bit longer today for this special edition of... Uh, we didn't plan it as a special edition, but we've got an interesting topic nice on the to go, and, and it's a nice day to uh, for them to stay with us. We've been talking about what happens, and I want to come back and refocus, okay, to where we started what happens if voter apathy continues? If the kinds of outrage that's been expressed today uh, on this program and we've seen in newspapers and so on, outrage and disenchantment, and, and again, I don't even want to attack the liberals about this, just general disenchantment with government, with the whole concept of government, people saying on this show, people saying in emails, I'm fed up, I'm not going to vote anymore, I give up, I can't take it anymore. W- where are we going to be if, if, if that trend continues? I mean, I, to me, the dangers are self evident. The solution's perhaps a little less clear than that. Anyway,
0: you know, apathy indica-
2: tells me when you
0: use the word apathy, I think of somebody who doesn't care. And that's not what I'm seeing out there. I'm seeing people who care greatly being so frustrated that they won't go near the system because they distrust it and hate it with a passion.
2: So, what do we call it? And if it's not apathy? Uh, well,.
0: It's frustration, I guess, is the is the best thing. Like, why bother doing something if nothing's going to change? And that's the attitude. That's not that's not apathy. That's people who want to change, but no, it ain't going to happen by doing it this way. And the problem, the real big problem, is, and I have this all the time. You wouldn't believe how sometimes I have to chew out my own party members because they accept that same premise of Karl Marx. They meet according to his ability, mm-hmm. each according to his needs, and they think that changing that to change a system, you just need more honest people that you need a better educated person. You can't. You cannot put a square peg in a round hole. And if the next guy comes along and tries to put a square peg in the round hole, and he's a nicer guy, you know, and it doesn't work, and everybody goes, gee, I can't figure it Must, must be him. It has to be somebody else. Get another guy to put that square peg in the round hole, and it never, ever
2: fits. All right. Let's because, go to,
0: you know, that's the problem.
2: Okay, let's go to the phones. You have got people waiting, and Gil's up. Hi, Gil.
4: Good morning. How are you doing? Good, thanks. I just want to complain this morning sure. <laughs> about the Freedom Party guy over there. Okay. I, th- I think he's using really loaded oh, yeah. words. Like I, I listened patiently today and to a number of other shows. Like he uses the word "government" is a thief or coercion or all parties are communist. Mm-hmm. And I think Jeff should do a bigger job of challenging that. I choose like, to
3: not to rise to it, Gil. We're doing it for eight or nine years now. So <laughs>
4: no, but if but if if I were to accuse a Bob of being a fascist, he would go crazy, right? But. But because I'm okay. not one,
0: Gil. That's why. I, I believe in individual freedom. You're the fascist. It's okay. I believe you believe in government control on private property. You were in here in the studio one day telling me that we should put, put parking meters and be forced them on private property so more people will park downtown. Taxes... How tax. insanely fascist can you get? Come on, I
4: want to complain, and you're trying to cut me off. Taxes are the cost of civilization. If, <clears throat> if you ask a survey, and you went to people and you said, please give me free health care and, and pay no taxes, they would say yes. The same as if you went to them and say, uh, would you like a free car from the Ford plant? You don't have to pay for it. They would say yes. But we all know that it's a cost of life. It's a cost of having a civilization is to pay taxes. Isn't the
2: issue, though, not so much what you're saying, Gil, because I I believe that Jeff believes that, and I believe that, too. But I think the question is, what is that cost? If you go to the dealership to buy that Ford car, there are certain constraints on the cost of the car. The car is, is put together within certain uh, certain uh, cost limitations, right. and you don't have to buy it. If it's priced too high, you'll go down the street to another one. I, to me, the problem with that analogy you're using about taxes is the cost is too high. We're not getting value for the money we spend. See, that's you know, that's not,
3: not where people are complaining, though. Today they're saying, we've got a $6 billion deficit, and we don't care to pay uh, to pay it down. I agree with Bob when he said that people want something for nothing, and those are the people who are disenchanted today. Well, I don't think
0: that's what I meant by it. But, you know, Gill says taxes are the cost of civilization, but he refuses to I, to, to, Holmes, to define what that. civilization... A civilization is a society in which coercion is, is banned. That's what's civilization. But there you go with coercion, coercion the, again. Who's well, been, listen, course, when you, when coercion, when you, when it's you not get co- involved <laughs> in economics... Anything economics is coercion. If no, the government forces no, you not. to buy it's from Dr. A instead of Dr. B, and Dr. And B and you would both like to do business, that is coercion. No, it's not. It's absolutely. The of the, is.
4: It's the majority it's of the people through democracy. Oh, wait.
2: Then the majority of the people are immoral. The oh, wait a minute, Gil, Gil, just for a second. Yeah. It, it, whether the majority agrees or not, by definition, it is coercion. No, it is it's coercion. Come on. I mean, you know, you can't. When
0: the majority have decided.
2: It, does, it, doesn't make, right. it doesn't make any difference whether one person decides or a million people decide. No, it decide. does. It's it makes
3: still a tremendous you can't up. change the meaning yeah, of a word because people vote to do right. it. Yeah, but it's a value-laden word. It's an unfair this word to use in that context. This is the most evil idea
0: that Gill is promulgating here—that that, that we should have a civilized society. I don't no. think that's such
3: a bad thing. That, that, I,
0: think a bad thing. That, I think that's what distinguishes that's us the other primates. Okay. He's denying and and sticking his head in the sand about coercion. He's okay, just, let's. You know, all right, let's. You know,
2: let, I want to get away from the ad hominem stuff let's here. Let's do the apathy thing. No, no, Let me just ask you one question. Okay if we ta- if we take if we accept your premise that ta- that taxes are the cost of civilization right. would you accept the corollary that the cost may be too high for what we're getting
4: yes okay. and it may be too low okay. it's, it that is a political judgment to make okay. and okay. i would argue that the disciplinary factor not like the free market system in terms of price but it's whether or not a government survives so if a government spends too much money or not enough money it will be thrown out and i think the, the mike the harris governments loss was an example of them failing to invest in infrastructure, the people throw them out. So there is, there is a disciplinary factor there, a very strong one. If you don't, if you don't
1: <laughs> deliver to
4: what the people want, they, they could very easily be thrown out. And I think, I think it's a real lesson to people uh, in terms of, of how democracy works. And you were talking about apathy there, mm-hmm. and I, I think that one of the problems is, and I'll take uh, our Prime Minister, Paul Martin, as an example, he keeps promising to help working people. But he keeps delivering help to the wealthy, and so that creates cynicism. And and Bob was talking about that's the word. You know, if it's not apathy, what is it? It's cynicism. It's the system is terrible, and I can't do anything about it. And I think that's really bad because if you're a cynic, you do nothing, and the liberals or the Tories, whoever is in power, wins because you stay home and you don't
1: get out there and work in the election campaign.
2: Right, there you go. Good. Well, thanks for a call today. Appreciate it. And Jim's up. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. How are you? Good. Thanks.
1: I don't want to argue about anything that was just brutal but anyway. <laughs>
3: um, Neither,
2: Jeez.
1: So I think the one thing like that we we're talking at work today and if I falsified my resume to get a position that paid a certain amount of money and after a certain length of time it was determined that I couldn't follow through with any of those promises, I'd be terminated. Mm-hmm. So why why is this any different? How can you outright lie and then go back on it with a bunch of excuses and still remain in office? What's what's the recourse?
2: Well, there under our system the recourse is at the next election.
1: <laughs> and oh, same that's, they, but that's the one,
2: reality of it. That that's the system oh, no, we've adopted. That there's a lot of good things about our system, but that's perhaps yeah. one of the less good things.
1: And, and the other the other point is, if he says this is all going to roll out over four years, why should we believe that?
2: Well, th- there's no reason for us to believe it. Yeah, so it's just it's just such oh, a joke. I think that's the where way, the cynicism comes from. The money hmm. that was that
0: is being given right now to health care and education, etc., was planned years ago every government places itself in front of the, the, the funds that are already planned from years yeah. before and says, oh, look at what we've got. We're going to give you this now. And that's just fine. Right. Just watch any episode of Yes Minister, and you'll see it yeah. go well, on and almost to me, every To me, episode. that's been
3: the biggest characteristic of the government so far is that uh, you know their campaign slogan was Choose Change, but they haven't really changed much in six months. But, uh, one, last,
1: one last point I wanted to make is, yeah. is the way that they decided on who pays what the uh, the stretch between seventy two thousand and two hundred thousand seems to be a little
2: extreme. Yeah, Jim, thanks for your call today. Okay. You know, I'll talk about philosophies just for a second, because I thought that was uh, that was pretty amusing actually. Here we have the in the name of equity in healthcare, right? In the name of the theory that we are all equal before the system. In the name of that equity, they're bringing in an inequitable additional tax. Of course,
3: of course.
2: Which to me, I, I mean, I just. I find it funny. I think I think it's funny. It's funded inequitably now through our income taxes. That's maybe another issue. But here they have an opportunity for once to have said, "Okay, we're, we're indeed we're going to share the burden here, and perhaps we are going to exempt those people who quote cannot pay. We're going to exempt them." But everybody else, you get the same service, you pay the same money. But they're not doing that at all. I think that's hysterical. Well, they are by
3: and large, though, that uh, the majority of the tax they bring in will be regressive. But uh, in this case, what they would have done if they were serious about, about going back to the kind of progressive taxes that we had before Mike Harris is that most of the increase would have been amongst the highest income earners because those are the folks who are paying uh, a lot less tax now than they were when Mike Harris came in. Well, they're not We saw a couple of years ago that... No, no,
2: wait. They're not paying a lot
3: less. Oh, sure they are. It's about $4 billion a year. Less that uh, you take the top ten. percent And how much is earners. four
2: billion divided by thirty million Canadians?
3: No, no, I'm saying in Ontario that the top ten percent of income earners are paying about about four billion dollars collectively less now than they were a year. Well, years I don't ago. know
2: where you got that number.
3: Uh, well, I got it from the Statistics Canada. It's in paper all the time. We read the papers. But the other thing we find is that if within the last couple of weeks, there's a thing that came out that said um, a study that came out that said the average Ontarian is paying slightly more in taxes and user fees than they were when Mike was elected. And then again, that's no big surprise to people who have seen property taxes go up, mm-hmm. user fees go up. Those are all regressive taxes. Uh, but, but what most of what the Liberals are doing in this case is, uh, is uh, regressive tax or flat tax. They've, they've done a nominal boost in that case. You're going to pay an extra $200 because you make $200,000. I just
2: watched here, though. I just, you, just, you went off for about 45 seconds there, and, and you really didn't say anything about the fact that it's not an equitable tax. Well, and the is problem is that you and I differ totally on based, what equitable means. A system that's based on, supposedly on yeah. equity. Supposedly, it's an right. egalitarian system, but, but some people are going to have to pay more for it than others. What I, I need understand. to start
3: saying is, though, that when I talk about equitable, what I mean is that if you are wealthier mm-hmm. and you, you should no pay, pay more, more. What, you, what your version of equitable is if you're wealthier, you should still pay the same as poor people pay. No, no, do no, I doesn't. think that's no. inequitable. No, that's not what that's I'm saying. Well, that's what the de facto situation is. You pay the same
0: rate, not the same amount. When you when you pay the same no, rate, c- I, know, I know that socialists don't understand arithmetic and <laughs> how to multiply.
3: Well, first of all, I'm not a socialist, but if I was, I could explain is, to you is that, again, in this case, well, no million. it's not progressive. Right? No yelling. Do you know what the definition of progressive tax is? Yes, it's communism. No, progressive <laughs> tax means that you pay a higher uh, rate. Than the than the low income person correct and you know who's Carl Marx. so you pay a higher amount well, not, well you know it's it's the day for ad hominem so. arguments like that yeah, you, you can't deal with them. the facts here I understand Bob yeah. you can't possibly Please. deal with the ideas facts ideas are, are not in this okay case, what's happening that's is, it that's yeah. it not <laughs> yelling <laughs> no more yelling Jim you can't say word Jim thinks
0: that ideas are not connected to reality that's literally what he's telling me here that ideas have nothing to do with reality
3: after eight years have you not heard a single word I've said well yeah but you've never sometimes you got to plug in those ears fella Look, in the years, you know, I, I urge you. For example, <laughs> you
0: got, you got a guy like Gil that just called and said that the disciplinary factor is the government, not the market. You know what he's saying? That's not what he said. He yes, said he that did. governments I wrote are disciplined
3: by votes. No, no. The he said if you don't do what people want, you get voted out. Market. I would have thought that okay. was pretty basic politics.
2: Well, first of all, one at a time. It's not true. One at a time. The
0: disciplinary factor is the market. And governments learn this mistake every time they try to fool Mother Nature, right? The market makes them pay back. You cannot, you know. Right now, they're they're going towards what they call public-private partnership corporativism. No, Hitler not. used to call that fascism. No, they're not. Yes, we've, they got, are. we've been oh, going in the opposite okay, direction for right. the last thirty years. Jim, give me a break. Okay, but the point is that no matter how much money government spends on health care, it gets all that money first of all from the marketplace, mm-hmm. the private market. All every public dollar was once a private dollar. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and every private of all, dollar
3: was once a public dollar. And what? second of all, wait, wait, stop right
2: there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Explain that to
3: I'll me. to remind myself, who prints money? The, no, ex- the entire prints money. You're right about that.
2: Explain that to me. Every private dollar was once a public dollar? Well,
3: what what is it? What do you mean to say every public
2: dollar was once a private dollar? It means that the government we, doesn't have any money that they don't take from us. The government, right. doesn't, does government doesn't make any money. Neither
3: does any corporation. Money is, is the fruit of our labor. We work and things are created and, and we use money.
0: So what? No, money is a tool of exchange. The fruit of your labor is what you produce. That's and that's converted what,
2: into money in and our and society. What, we have a monetary society. A okay, I got to stop you again. The I, I got to stop you again because I'm confused here, Jeff. <laughs> mm-hmm. The difference between a corporation and the government. Correct me where I'm missing here, because you and I, you said before, we don't agree philosophically. But maybe no. you can, maybe you can help me with okay. this. Okay. Seems to me Take the difference between uh, you—you've equated a corporation and the government. I think you just said they're basically the same way in the way they get our money. No, what I
3: said was that when Bob says that every no, dollar. None no, my Bob. Okay well no I didn't say that at all what I, I said is that money is the uh, is the uh, way that we characterize the fruit of our labor but the
2: difference is to Measure me it. and explain where I'm where I'm wrong here a corporation I voluntarily give them my money for a service a government they take my money whether I want them to or not
3: no you elect a government who says we're going to take your money is that okay and you say yeah please do but not even no anymore. government in Canada that I'm aware of has ever been a dictatorship. I thought we've had a democracy pretty well since day one. So again, mm-hmm. we've chosen to invest our money in government, or we've chosen to invest it in companies wherever we think we get the best value. Oh, we
2: don't get much value from government, though. Or, we'll be or, back. Or, or we'll companies. be back right after this. This morning, provincial NDP leader Howard Hampton was my
0: guest. I pointed out to him that the Dalton McGuinty government was blindsided by the deficit created by the last government, and they had no idea. Oh, that's nonsense. I mean, the government was told over and over and over again liberals were told over and over again there is a, a very substantial deficit yet mr mcginty continued to say we can invest in health care we can invest in education but there won't be any tax increases london in the morning with steve garrison here on news talk 1290 CJBK. london's
4: talk of the town with Jim Chapman.
2: Left, right, center, Bob Metz and Josh Lemmer today well, That's not on a very you lively You they were disenchanted.
3: We're, well, we're I, very engaged. You're
2: not, and, and I hope <laughs> that people who are listening today will will come away perhaps uh, not as cynical as they were because there there indeed there is hope for the future, and as long as there are people like Bob and Jeff who hold their their opinions as strongly as they do and are prepared to discuss them in spite of the yelling in a relatively <laughs> calm and friendly manner, then there's hope for the future yeah, it'
0: fun, Jim,
2: every once in a while. Well, but it's, it's, so, it's I'm, I'm pleased we can
3: still show some passion after after all the years about this because it is hard not to get cynical but on the other hand, uh, it's fun to be engaged. It's, it's fun to debate these things.
2: You know, the but the, the problem, I'll come back to, to Alana's email and many of the other emails we got to but I, I really do sense that there's a sea change out there underway and, and the, I think the federal election is really going to prove it. Um, I think that in, in a system where 40% of the voters, 40% of the people who vote can elect the federal government, I hope this time I hope if Mr. Martin wins, he wins with 60% of the vote. I think that would be a healthy thing for Canada. What I'm definitely afraid of is that he's going to win with 39% of of the vote. And, and I think I think for many people, that's going to be the death knell of their involvement in politics. That's well, a you know, minority
3: government, isn't it? Well, well yeah. But yes. You know what? Uh, the last well, minority, the minority governments were before my time,
2: well, let me before answer my that. political let time. Answer, some people
3: say it was a good thing.
2: Let me answer the question. What's the difference between those two scenarios? You're going to
3: get the
0: same policy.
2: Yeah, but in, in one, I think more people will have the sense that they were they are their policies if we continue to elect governments with a, with a tiny fraction of the of, truly of popular support whether or not those people represent the people who don't vote which is the argument that's always made i just don't think it's healthy for the process to elect go- they have 40% of the voters elect the government i just i don't see that as oh, healthy you're
3: right. Although, you know, when I think about it in, in issues that I've been involved in, that the times when, when it's hardest to get people out, hardest to get board members to volunteer uh, on things is when they think things are going okay. It's, it's when there's a problem that they, they that becomes the highest priority in their life that's and true. they will make the time, because we're all busy, we've got things to do. Mm-hmm. And if if you look at, at an area and say, ah, that's pretty well going okay, it can look after itself. When things start to go sideways, then that becomes, okay, now I'm going to spend time on that. So I, in a perverse way, I suppose, one might argue that if people aren't, uh, you know, Uh, uh, heavily engaged in politics to some extent there's an implied license that well it's not the biggest problem in their life
2: okay we have uh i'm going to give you each a minute but i want to ask you a question and bob i'll I'll start with you because jeff just had the last word there and I want
0: cut off already. I want
2: to <laughs> 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 didn't mean that am gonna ask both of you to prognosticate for me here. What do you think is gonna happen on We Expect the Twenty Eighth of June? Do you think that uh, the people of Canada will speak or do you think that we're going to just be into the next round of this never ending charade that, that that it really is in the broadest sense, philosophical sense, of representative democracy. Are we going to see that the 28th of June? Um, or are we going to have another 40% government?
0: Are, well, I think you're going to have that. Um, I still think the liberals are going to win um, because it's just... When a, when a voter gets into that booth, he looks at his alternatives. That's it. All, everything else, all the scandals, everything else just mm-hmm. sort of fades away because then it, it comes down to either or. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see the or being the conservatives yet or even the NDP. If the NDP does better... That will help the conservatives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the way our system works, and that's the problem in and of itself, that the opposite philosophy helps the other side. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's a we're in such a screwed-up system, it's going to take an awful lot of education to fix it. Sure.
3: Well... I think that uh, that the Liberals will probably win, although I think there's a real chance that there could easily be a minority government. And I think that might be a healthy kind of a correction because uh, we've had three majority governments and a concern that the Liberals have gotten too arrogant. And I think a minority government may cause them to have to s- straighten up and pull up their socks. I think Stephen Harper has done a remarkable job in making this a race. Uh, you know, uh, a year ago, we couldn't have conceived that there would even be a race. Uh, so I think that that will be a healthy thing if it happens, although it'll be,
2: uh, it'll be a nail-biter for me. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer with us again on left, right, and center. Thanks to both of you.